Hello and welcome to the Horrible Things Podcast. Uh, My name is Emma Sexton. I am the host of this show. And on this podcast, we talk about all things horrible, whether it be a murder, whether it be a building collapsing, whether it be an oil rig blowing up. Um, Today, we are in quarantine and I am joined by... Ben Vandermeer. What's up? Hey, Ben. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing good. Good. I'm doing... I mean... As good as I can be, stuck inside, yeah, uh, shining style for a week. Yeah, I'm doing solid. Can't complain. How about you? I, I'm doing great. I'm, uh, you know, I think all of us are kind of having like a weird time right now, yeah, just because definitely. of like life being so goddamn strange. Of course. But um, you know, it's been good. Giving me a lot of time to like read, <laughs> yeah, true crime stuff. Um, just so everyone knows, Ben is currently in. A Northern California, Central California. Yeah, I am far away right far now. Far away from where I am. This is the first time I've ever done the podcast over like virtually. But since mm-hmm. no one's really coming in or out of my house anymore, I'm not inviting people over. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is this is the best option. So just letting you guys know, if there's any weirdness with the audio, it's because we're not in the same room right now. Yeah, I'm actually I'm in an aircraft carrier that I I built myself. Yeah, uh, I'm currently just you know I'm 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 strolling along the coast in Northern California. You can't see it, but it's massive. <laughs> and when I turn around, you can really hear how the echo that this place creates because it's it's big. Yeah, it's a nice it's a nice time. This is the nice thing about podcasts is that I can say things and you cannot prove them. Imagine uh, this being the the one time I decide to put it on YouTube or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do it. No, that's great. I love that. Uh, all right. So what are we talking about? What are you talking about today? We're what do you do? so we are going to be talking about poly class, which I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. But first, before we do anything, I have to ask you the question I ask every single first time guest on the show. Go for it. Yes. Which is, what is your level of knowledge of true crime? Like, how comfortable are you with it? How much do you know about it? And like, just give us give us the rundown on how much you know about true crime in general. Okay, so my my family is a pretty big, uh, not really much true crime, but like mystery, which like like family, like which goes into true crime. I feel like slightly. So I grew up with like, uh, you know, the basics of like Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys, that kind of stuff, which then evolves into like you know more intense stuff, which then evolves kind of into true crime. I feel like yeah. So I. I have a fair knowledge of true crime because, as I said, my, a lot of people, especially on my mom's side of the family, are kind of into that sort of thing. Uh, I'm I'm not particularly great with, uh, let's say, gore, but yeah. that's more of a visual thing than I than I am with uh, than like describing it. Ooh, um, we picked a hell of a case to cover then. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I say. No, um. Uh, but I, I do have, a, a, I would argue, a fair amount of knowledge when it comes to more specific cases. The Zodiac, I know a lot about the Zodiac. Um, actually, now that I think about it, I know m- most of the stuff about uh, Northern California. Yeah. killers and true crime than I do about other places. There are a weirdly uh, large number of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Disproportionate. There's, yeah. Yeah. Because everyone flees Hollywood and they come right up here. Because mm-hmm. that's where all of the uh, sickos are. Or like Washington. And- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, Washington is a huge spot for crime. Yeah. Big crime spot. Pacific Northwest. Something's going on. I know. Uh, 
Yeah, so specific cases I know a lot about. Stuff stuff that I can, like, reference, I guess, which sounds really messed up to say, I feel like. But, like, I, I understand, like, when someone makes, like, a JonBenet reference or, you know, talks about, like, oh, yeah, well, that's a... Uh, it looks like this is the work of, like, a Black Dahlia thing or whatever. Just like, stuff like that I get, kind of. Uh, other than that, I don't know, like, the specifics. I'm not one of those guys who's, like, like writing everything down in notebooks. I don't do the book annotations. Uh, yeah. But uh, I definitely have an interest. I'm always into that kind of mystery, oh, whodunit kind of type thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, ready to learn, ready to talk about this kind of stuff. I know. Um, I'm excited. What? I'm really excited, yeah. Also, one thing about what you said. Did you ever read the Boxcar Children when you were a kid? So, no. I did not. I didn't read the Boxcar Children. I read a lot of Hardy Boys. I read yeah. a lot. My mom's a massive Nancy Drew fan. So, I read a lot of that. I watched a lot of television. I was I don't know about you, but as a kid, I know a lot of people whose parents didn't let them watch TV, but I was not one of those kids because I um I watched a lot of TV as a kid because my parents didn't like children's television. Yeah. So they instead kind of made me watch uh, murder mystery, like uh, murder she wrote. Uh, yeah. There's a stuff on, um, I'm trying to think. There's a show called Castle. It was like Nathan Fillion. Stop. I, uh, my it's like family one of my favorite I, shows of all time. One of my favorite shows of all time. My family okay. and I watched that show religiously up it's until so, I, that's, it's so that's good. One, that's, that's one of the few shows I've watched from like start to finish. It's so um, good. So yeah, you know just, they hate each other in real life. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> that's. The, I, I always talk about this because I'm always scared. Like, I like I love Nathan Fillion because I'm a big Firefly fan. I'm a really big like fan of um, his work with like Joss Whedon and like other directors. But I'm always really scared that it's like a, like a like a Chris Evans type thing in like Knives Out, and he's like secretly like an asshole. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just supporting a massive asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. I, an, I can go on for this for hours. He made an Uncharted He's, fan film. Did you know this? Yeah. 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 No, he did. And I remember being like, because he's like a huge like nerd himself, and that's part of why I'm like such a big fan. Yeah. Uh, but I'm always scared. Like, like I'm putting my, I'm betting all my chips on the wrong person, especially when it comes to him. Because yeah. I, su I support. I'm one of the few people in my circle that's like a big <laughs> Chris Evans fan. Yeah. Like I, because I I like him as a person, but everyone else I know is like, I don't know. I think he might be bad, and I'm like, hey, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but that man's got cheekbones. That's all I can say. That is very but true. No, it's yeah. so it's so weird because I feel like just going back to like boxcar children, Hardy Boys, all that. Yeah. My parents were. It's so weird. My parents were almost the same way. Where like they literally they didn't mind if we watched TV. But it was just the um, they hated the laugh track on children's television. Yeah. So it yeah. got to the point where they were like, you can watch as much TV as you want, but it can't be off Disney Channel. It can't be off like Nick. Yeah. It can't be Disney XD or whatever. It has to be yeah. the History Channel, the Discovery Channel or like the True Crime Channel. Yeah. So my sister so that, and I just grew up yeah. watching that. No. And that's a big thing where my... Uh, <laughs> That's that's why it was so weird when my parents developed a weird affinity for uh, iCarly, which was on <laughs> Nick. And so we watched like a lot of iCarly together, which I thought was, I was like, really, this is the one? Okay. Uh, and I didn't care because I love that show. Um, but it was that show and PBS. PBS Kids Go was a really big channel in my household growing up. I know that was a, a big one. Anything that kind of, uh, <laughs> that wasn't like, uh, like 
Pokemon, SpongeBob. Uh, My parents guess- hated Fred. Like that guy with the really annoying voice. Yes. No, totally. (laughs) Never allowed. Oh my God. That was a huge no-no. Yeah. Like you said, anything with an annoying voice, like uh, Gravity Falls, which I love. Yeah. I love Gravity Falls. Yeah. Uh, But Mabel, for uh, the the voice actor for Mabel. (laughs) It is a horrible voice. There's no denying it. (laughs) Hatred. Um, No. uh, so it would just be, you know, stuff like that. Speaking but, of iCarly, that guy just got sued or possibly arrested. The guy who, um, <laughs> like, created iCarly. Yeah. Yeah, Tra- like, uh, no, um, Dan Schwartz Schneider. Sh- Schneider. Schneider. That's it. Yeah. No, so he's he's a, he's a creep. Yeah. He's, he's a massive creep. And everyone's Good like, God. and he has a foot fetish. And I was like, oh, yeah. I never noticed that. But then you go back and watch iCarly. And you look at number, all the stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. The number and of weird segments. It's so and you're like, weird. Wow, how did I not put this together? You guys are really off your game with the whole <laughs> pedophile recognition thing. Because yeah. this 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 guy was like going left and right with all of the weird feet stuff. I know. And I'm like, you don't get this? You don't see this thing? Like as an adult? I don't know. There was like, like a whole segment about where they just stepped in weird stuff and Freddie filmed it. And I'm like, yeah. this is the most unnecessary like five minutes ever dedicated to anything. I know. Like, no. Uh there was an entire thing where they uh oh i remember the, what was it on i think it was on one of the spinoffs it was like uh maybe it was salmon like cat Sam. yeah may, yeah um where it was like they had like a mug and when you like when they drunk when they would drink something out of it uh on the bottom of it there'd be like a like a foot like decal or something and i remember being like huh at the time i i, I assumed it was like that weird like 2012 2013 like like uh goofy core kind of like mustache oh, it's just random like uh, xd waffles like feet type thing uh but now looking back no 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 it was, was just, weird yeah it's, it's definitely bizarre <laughs> yeah definitely true, a bad thing true crime makes its way into every aspect of our lives oh whether we aspect. like it or not it's just exactly the truth I That's mean, look I'm at saying. us right it now, all quarantined. It's like it's out of a yeah. horror movie. This I've seen so many. Th- it's crazy how much, like, just in general, this whole quarantine thing, like, every day I feel like I see news and I'm like, wow, well, at least now we're, like, hitting the peak of how crazy it's going to get. But then I say that, like, every <laughs> single day. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? exactly. Well, it can't get much worse than this. Yeah. Well, and no, then it did. I've been moving. I moved a kid out of his dorm because, like, there were people oh. posting on like the Chapman yeah, um, yeah, yeah. site and stuff being like, hey, I went back to New Jersey and like I can't get a flight oh, back and God. all my stuff is in the dorm. I don't know what to do. And so my mom and I went to Chapman to like move this kid out who lived in New Jersey. And honestly, like I felt like a detective because I walked in and I was like, OK, what can I like find out about this person? Because what a nightmare. Liter- <laughs> that's such a that's such a friggin nightmare for him. Yeah. Like. yeah. And also to just to like- have a stranger looking through your stuff. especially. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, like-, like if I. Oh, I would rather die because I mean, <laughs> uh, I'd be like, well, I guess I'm just losing that stuff. Forever. Yeah, that's too bad. Well, and it was uh, funny because I'm pretty sure like. It was weird because there were things I found where I was like, I didn't need to see this. And then he like has to come get his key to his storage bin from me next year. So he's gonna gonna meet me and know that I like went through all his stuff. Like I'm pretty sure he had 
Like, I'm 90% sure that there were drugs in that room because the only thing that I found in there that was, like, food-related were Uncrustables and a jar of tarragon leaves, like, the oh, um, the spice, yeah. or yeah. not spice, the seasoning. And I was like, okay. why would you have tarragon leaves if all you have is Uncrustables? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So why then would I was, you? afterward, I was pretty sure it was drugs. Oh, but yeah, I, didn't, I, mean, I didn't check. I didn't check. I didn't feel yeah. the need to. You know, I that's thought you business. said jugs with a J when you said <laughs> that sentence first, and I was like, "Interesting." He's got no. a little, uh, got a little jug band going on there. It's pretty yeah. fun. Good for him. No, it, it no. was um, <laughs> a, I found his tarragon leaves, so I knew it was jugs right away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, so but like just tarragon leaves because that's a really weird spice to have yeah. by itself. And they okay. were in his closet instead of in the bin oh. with his uncrustables. Oh, so it it wasn't like refrigerated or like no, it was like, just there. Yeah, okay. Like on, right. like next to where his this poor kid. Yeah, <laughs> if he yeah, ever yeah. listens to this, no, but yeah. it was it was so funny. And then yeah, sucks to suck, buddy. Sorry, you're on blast. <laughs> Welcome to a uh, crazy Ira and the douche. Uh, you're you're being put on blast right now. Sorry, dude. We have a camera uh, set up in your house. We're gonna go live in five. Yeah, four. yeah. You're on, dude. We're on right now. No, that's actually really crazy because I'm, yeah. I'm always concerned about like, well, no, here's the thing because I had to, I, my mom literally called me uh, on like a Friday night and she said, so listen, I'm driving down tomorrow uh, to pick you up. And I was like, what? Okay. Uh, all right. She's like, yeah, pack your things. We're, we're, we're leaving uh, before it gets any like crazier. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, um, I literally like, I, I, I packed it up as much as I could. Cause I, you know, you, I would, you know, me to a degree. I, I'm an intrinsically lazy person. I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm bad at doing that. I'm <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't get that from knowing you. Yeah, but... exactly. Yeah. I, I, I need time to procrastinate first. Um, and so she shows up uh and i and i realized oh man my room is gross like it's really gross yeah. uh and so that was fun to dig through my room with my mother and just uh you know be be just grossed out and say i'm so, i'm so sorry yeah <laughs> please don't hate that's me. the thing is like i now this has brought a whole new aspect of panic to my life of like yeah. what if something happens and someone else has to go through all my stuff what will yeah. they find? Like what? Yeah, what will What will you think of me when I'm gone? <laughs> I know. And this poor kid, I saved his contact as Tarragon Leaf Kid. Nice. That's <laughs> no, great. It's just like this poor guy. I don't know anything about his life, but I all I know are the impressions I've gathered from him through mm -hmm. his belongings. And that's just, yeah. I think about like my stuff and I'm like, I would not want someone's first impression of me to be the stuff in my room because it's just not. Yeah. <sighs> no, I I would oh I totally if it's like my room here totally if it's my dorm room no no way yeah <laughs> my room at my house I got some cool stuff in my room I got like uh I don't know Star Wars memorabilia I guess I cool know, I, uh I got a sign that I stole from a gas station it's pretty cool I don't know I think I like I think judging by my room here I'm a cool dude I'm yeah. an, like I'm interesting I got kind of like a weird thing going but judging by my dorm room I've never been outside in the past six years I i've lived there cold pasta off the ground yeah that's yeah all. yeah exactly no so it's that it's that whole thing of like wow you don't own a vacuum kind of thing where yeah. it's like wow i'm 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 a hermit i'm uh, gross to a degree yeah i'm i'm <laughs> genuinely 
disgusting to look at. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Anyways, what are we going to do? We can talk about Polly Let's Kloss. Talk, what do we, yes. we want to do here? We've been Let's rambling go. way too long, but yes, I, am... I agree. <laughs> it's natural. We're, it's, we're, exactly. We're, we're ta- this we're is what the people the want. Country. We got our. Yeah, we're on our, the finger to the pulse of the nation, and this is what they want to hear. <laughs> okay. They want to hear us complain about our issues. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Our issues right, of go. we have rent and electricity, but our yeah, lives exactly. Are it's like God, guys. Okay, <laughs> we get it. Now let's uh, talk about some real issues. Okay, I know. Yeah, exactly. So, oh no. Okay. Yeah. Polly Kloss was born January 3rd, 1981, and she was living in Petaluma, California at the time that this murder took place. Now, Ben, this was one of the things I put in my notes. What is up with Petaluma, California? You are from there. And why does everyone either seemingly get murdered near there or true crime icons like um, Karen Kilgariff come from there? Like, what's going on with Petaluma? Yeah, baby. I once checked her out at my job. Like, not like in a gross way, but like I, I, like I, we worked at the cash register uh, and she was there. She does live in our, she's yeah. from our town. She comes back frequently. I get to see her. I get to like, uh, be like, oh, hey, that looks like the lady from the thing. And everyone's like, yeah, I think that's her. Crazy. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, a couple of things you should know about Petaluma. I, first of all, I'm there right now. You can't tell, but I am currently in a garage in Petaluma, California. Uh, and it's a great, it's a great, well, uh, it's a town. It's a town. Um, it is a town. and I will say, um, a couple things you should know. First of all, it's right on the cusp of big town and like small city, I guess, because yeah. it's got a pretty big like identity crisis. It's about 60,000 people right now. It's on the inside, really like pretty like liberal and on the outside, really intensely conservative uh so it's kind of got like a weird mix of population there it's very old it's established in like the early 1800s i think dang um, okay yeah my high school was 200 years old when i got there oh what so the heck it's, yeah it's an old town like it's <laughs> really creepy sometimes probably it's haunted really, oh no you okay no you you have no idea every <laughs> like like it's it's disturbing sometimes. I will say also on top of that, um, it's played host to some people on occasion. I, uh, movies of films here, uh, movies that have filmed here. Let's see, American Graffiti by George Lucas. Love that movie. Yeah. So literally every year, my town does like a festival where they bring out all the old cars that they have in like a hundred mile radius, and they all come here for one day, and they say it's American Graffiti Day, and they all just kind of sit around and we look at the cars. That's, That's the entire crazy. point. Crazy. Yeah, we also have a day called Butter and Eggs Day, in which it's the biggest day in our town's history, in which the entire town comes out. There's a massive parade to celebrate butter and eggs because that's our entire town's uh, I guess shtick uh, in that. We we were, I guess, uh, we had a PR man. And this is a true story. We were uh, only put on the map by a PR manager because we produced the majority of the eggs for the entire country, I think. We produced so many eggs that our, a PR manager kind of came and he was like, what the fuck is this? Good God. Okay, we're going to have to make this a global sensation, make everyone some money and put us as the egg capital of the world. That's That's on murals. We have that on murals in our town. The egg capital of the world Petaluma, California. That's an actual thing. I don't understand your town because it seems so wholesome on the outside, egg capital of the world, but there's literally, I mean, 
Santa yep. Rosa Hitchhiker Murders, yep. Zodiac, yep. this case. Like, w- there is like an unnerving number of murders that take place near yeah. your town. You have no idea. You have <laughs> no idea how long I've stressed this theory to how many people. No, I, so I work at a bookstore. I work at a bookstore. Uh, it's a great place, Copperfields Books, Petaluma. Uh, shout out. There was a running theory. It's kind of like a hot fuzz esque thing in oh, that amazing. There is a. There's. A, there we ha- we have a okay. How do I put this? We've had a string of uh, homeless people found dead in the river. Oh, Can't put it any, any gentler than that. But we have basically this theory at my bookstore that there's some kind of, uh, not cult, but like running like killer or something. And he pops up like every like couple of years. He stops. It's a whole thing. I could do an entire other episode on that. I'd have to call in Amber and Katie, my coworkers, and make them talk about it. But it's, it's, a, it's one of the things that makes this town so batshit crazy. Uh, on top of that, American Graffiti was filmed here. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock filmed like the town over twice. It's also home to, and this will come up later in the conversation, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder was born here, uh, went to school here and then hated it so much that she ran away as fast as possible. That's a true fact. I'm pretty sure you also went to the same junior high school as Polly class. Yes, I did. And they were friends. They lived down the street of each other. True fact. Really? And so, you know who also lived down the street of Polyclass? Uh, my mom and my uh, my girlfriend's dad, who lived in kind of the same, like, massive house together. It should oh be noted, gosh. houses in Petaluma are massive. They're very old and, like, Victorian-esque. So it's not uncommon for people to, like, uh, have, like, uh, four apartments in one house or something for like divisions of one house kind of like in new york almost exactly yeah except um it's 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 like full-on like giant victorian houses and then you can say all right well i'll take this kind of subunit and you take that one so it's very much possible for two like multiple people to live in one place and not know each other whatsoever because uh there's just lots of people all the time um so it's it's kind of bizarre. It's a lot going on at once. It's like you said, very kitschy. And at the same time, um, very dark in some parts. And it and is the, like what you were saying earlier. It's like Riverdale town. Like yeah, it is exactly. like a Riverdale town. It's, it's very Americana. And I will point out too, it should be noted. Uh, I was, I was, I think it was like 14 maybe 15 uh, one time. And a guy got like stabbed or, no, he was murdered. He a guy got murdered in like an alleyway uh, across from the bookstore where I worked at. And I remember because it was a uh, it was a whole like thing, and they were uh, they like sectioned it off. And I, my family kind of does this thing where we go to like the same spot like every Sunday downtown, and we like we get food and like uh, we hang out with a couple of other families. And I remember because it was like right next to the parking garage where we normally park, and we were like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" And I remember I was kind of doing my weird Hardy Boys thing where I surveyed the uh, area and tried to insert myself into a professional criminal investigation, which is an awful idea and should never be done by anyone, just so we're clear. Uh, and <laughs> so I, I, I literally, like, I was like, I walked up to one of, like, the volunteer, like, sheriff's office uh, people, which is a thing that I have to say here. I was going to say, um, like, that's not a thing where I live. Yeah, exactly. So people volunteer to be a part of the sheriff's office because why not? Uh, and they were like... And I was like, what's going on? And he's like, uh, he's like, 
somebody somebody got stabbed and i was like whoa that's uh that's really crazy that's dark and he's like yeah i did i was like that's fucking dark as hell and he was like yeah i mean what can you do didn't ha- this isn't the town i grew up in anymore and i was like dude dude we live we live here this, this is always been like this bro i don't know how to say this but this weird kind of current has always been here I, it's probably some kind of weird like Indian burial ground type thing where it's like weird town history. I wouldn't or be surprised. It's like, yeah, exactly. Like we're, we're cursed somehow. Um, but I think it's, it's that small crime, small towns are haven for crime. They're there. They are just, you put enough people like in quarantine, you put enough people in a tight enough space for a long enough period of time. They're going to start fighting each other. Oh God. Like I, I mentioned the curse thing earlier. I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if that was a, a running thing because like it's the whole Riverdale thing of like this, ta- it's very Americana. It's very nice. But also why is there such a running theme going on here that none of us are w- willing to recognize? Yeah. Because uh, they don't, they don't recognize it. Some like things will just happen. Like I said, like the, like the running kind of, uh, the running kind of series of homeless people we found dead in our river that no one really wants to talk about. Yeah. Uh, That's concerning. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, yeah. it's a little, it's a little concerning because uh, it's, it's something genuinely like, well, that's, Oh, that's not normal. And then you'll just kind of bring it up. And I'm like, no one wants to talk about this. No one wants to, this kind of, kind it's of not like, like something like this has happened in our town before. Oh, wait, it has. Oh yeah, a lot. exactly. It has a lot. And then you, because I will say the entire thing about, uh, uh, like you said, the things like the Santa Rosa hitchhiker murders, the Zodiac, uh, several other people of serious kind of, uh, of, of very serious, like infamous history showing up in our town. People don't know about that to a degree. I mean, I, I didn't know the about egg the egg capital of the world. What could exactly, go wrong? Exactly. I didn't know about the Santa Rosa Hitchhiker Murders until oh, like a, a little bit ago. I think it's because of your show. I think I, I listened to that episode or I, I heard about that episode and I was like, wait, what? And I looked it up and I was like, whoa, okay, that's crazy. Uh, same thing with the, <sighs> the man, Arthur Lee Allen, the Zodiac mm, guy. Yeah. Who stayed at the, he was at a trailer park for Santa Rosa Junior College where my girlfriend and several of my other friends currently go to school. Uh, and I was like, that can't be right. Because so I was watching the movie and I was like, that's a Santa Rosa. That's not, oh, no, it is right. That's, uh, huh, well, yeah. what can you do? You know, it's, it's just bizarre sometimes because it's like, wow, you don't hear about it. And eventually it just becomes, oh, okay. There's this something. is like a theme. Yeah, like exactly. The, I don't know if you've seen The Vampire Diaries, but I know a lot of people who listen to this have. But it's literally like Mystic Falls from The Vampire yeah. Diaries because yeah. it is. In every single way, it's that, like, and it reminded me, I was literally researching about um, this case, like, yesterday or the day before or something, mm-hmm. and I was also watching The Vampire Diaries at the same time, as one does in quarantine, and yeah. I was, like, like not at this, uh, whatever, but I yeah, was, I, I was don't watching it, and there's this okay. line in The Vampire Diaries where it goes, um, 
like they were talking about this weird mystical thing going on and then the guy who they're talking to goes is this in mystic falls and they're like yeah he's like i've got to go there one day yeah and i was like that is literally like petaluma (laughs) it's like everything all these bad things like i must have covered at least three cases that have connections to petaluma which is like more than and it's a small town it doesn't make any sense yeah, but 60, thousand. At the time of Polyclos, it was about 50, 55,000, I will say. I think so. I think 50. So it, it's it's not unheard of for it to have been like a crime. I mean, no, actually, no. It, it did get national attention, if I remember correctly. It, yeah, it got, this like, case did. Yeah, yeah. It got huge attention. I don't think it got it, it had gotten attention like that before that. I feel like I feel like there was other no things. this was this was really like the big thing that made people yeah. pay attention to it but then it was kind of like connecting the dots of like oh this yeah. is very strange but because yeah it's a whole thing like it is a whole like thing. I said my high school is like 200 years old so I that's when I went there too so it's older now uh and the the entire like I don't know. I, I I just go back and forth like the number of people that have crossed through here and probably have had connections to other things, like you said, that other cases that you've covered and other cases that you might have not even covered yet uh, are concerning to me. It freaks me out. It, it should out freak you out. Yeah, exactly. Well, I say we we get back into this. Dive in. We got, dive we in. got a lot this. to talk about here. Yeah, I know. So Petaluma, California, October 1st, 1993. Polly Kloss is having a sleepover with her friends at her mom's house. Um, her mom and sister are sleeping down the hall in this house, and she and her two friends are in her bedroom, and they're just hanging out. Normal slumber party thing. She's 12 years old. She's just having you know, a good time mm-hmm. with her friends. And then at around 10.30 p.m., that's when everything kind of changes in this story. Uh, because a man breaks into her mother's house. Uh, her mom and her sister both don't notice because when he enters... He's carrying a knife. He literally just walks in and goes straight into Polyclos' bedroom. And he starts threatening the girls at knife point. Then he ties up her two friends and puts pillowcases over their head and tells them to start counting. And this is at the same time that he grabs Polyclos, walks out the door, puts her into his car, and basically just kidnaps her in front of her whole family because everyone was in the house. That's yeah. part of the reason this is so terrifying to me is, is because she wasn't even safe with four other people literally in the same home yeah. as her. That's no, so terrifying. that's a big thing, too, with Petaluma, where I think it was only after this case that people thought it was, it was important to actually lock their doors. Because I can still go to, like, my friends' houses right now, and they don't they don't lock their doors, like, at night or during the day or anything like that, but mostly because a, a fair amount of them live like it's a trek to get to their house it's like a, it's like off the beaten path a certain ways yeah because as, as a lot of houses here are and uh the, there's no need to it's a, it's a slow down kind of waste of time and it's the whole thing of like if someone's gonna find my house like like okay why not but in the night i think this was 93 right uh place. yeah 1993 Okay, so in '93, before even before that, there was a, a running theme of it's the it's the Riverdale thing of like you know why lock our doors? It's a quaint, small little town. Nothing happens here, you know. Uh, what can what can happen? And I think this was the first instance of something happening, like something genuinely awful happening, that made people be like, oh man, we have to 
lock our doors. Something, yeah, something like drastic. This is also just insane because I guess the only good thing about the fact that she had four other people in the house with her is that one of the girls who had a pillowcase on her head managed to undo like her restraints after being tied up. And she ran and told Polly's mom what happened. And so within 30 minutes of the kidnapping, the police had an APB out on the description of the suspect. They were broadcasting any information they had about the car and the kidnapper over TV and radio. Weirdly, they were only doing it over one channel and only in Sonoma County. But yes, no, it's a big thing, too. It's a random thing, right? It's why would you do that? Yeah, especially when you think like. There's so many big cities around, like, yeah. wouldn't it be better to just have, but, you know, not my, not my yeah. town, not you my know, police we're not, station. We're not professional cops. No, it's just, yeah. Um, but that night in, so there's this whole thing happening in Petaluma. And then right. also at the same time, uh, actually a little bit later in the night, but on the same night in this like lowly populated area of Santa Rosa, there's also something suspicious going on. So there's this mm-hmm. babysitter. She's on her way out of work and she notices a car sitting in a ditch on her boss's property. So she phones the woman who like owns this house and the woman, she's like, hey, there's some person like when she drove by, she saw there was a man sitting in the car said there's some man like sitting in the ditch right on the edge of your house. And like he's just sitting there in his car. So the woman who owns this property, she decides to get her daughter and leave right away. So she drives Away. Very smart of them, if I may point out. Very, Very smart. smart. Good, good role. That those are people who grew up watching and reading history books and true crime. Because yeah. they know how that goes. You get out of there or and you then do something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So they did exactly that. They got out and then they went to a like gas service station type thing. Mm-hmm. They called the police and the police were like, go do a citizen's arrest, my dude. Yeah, Just that's walk right. up and that's be right. like, I the citizen's Which arrest is, is the so, dumbest thing ever. So Petaluma, you have no idea. <laughs> the cops here will like, oh, they will do everything. They're like, why don't you just do something about it? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not the one with the fucking gun. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of your job at well, this point. And that's my thing. It's like, you're going to send this lady and her daughter. And her daughter. To go to a child? car where there's a guy sitting in a ditch and go up to his window and say, I arrest you like that. Yeah, and then yeah. the cops will come like. Yeah. And, and it's a whole what? thing of like, first of all, I will say citizens, arrest, uh, citizen, citizen, not citizens, arrest. citizens <laughs> arrest is a bizarre concept that I've genuinely never understood the point of. Cause it's like, Oh, I arrest you. Fine. I unarrest me. How does this work? I, can do <laughs> I unarrest uh, me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, and, it's just it's crazy to me that the police would urge a woman with her daughter to make exactly, a citizen's arrest exactly. on a random dude. They don't know if he's armed. That's my thing. It's like in my head, I would be thinking the only reason to get off your property is if you think this person is dangerous. So you're not going to just yeah. walk. Plus, they know where you live. <laughs> if if also, you make a citizen's arrest yeah. on them, like they clearly know where you live. Can, exactly, just, and it's not like um the the entire concept of of, of you going to the police. And then them saying back to you, no, you, is so bizarre <laughs> no, to me. You. It's like, what? You can't do that. That's your job. <laughs> you, you're paid by the government. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just. Well, clearly in Petaluma, some people are not paid by the government. Yes. No, that is a, that is a fierce discourse here, as I'm sure we will hear a lot about this coming November. Uh, it is, it is a a big topic of discussion because the cops here are fucking crazy. They are insane. <laughs> uh, 
I God, they're gonna hear this. I'm sweating. They probably bugged my house by now. <laughs> uh, but no, um, because uh, this is '93, so this is just when. Uh, there's two sides to my town. There's West Side. West Side is like the a very Amer. It's old. It's American. It's kind of nice. East Side is was built in the late '80s, early '90s. That's kind of the more like I would say normal side of the town. Yeah, it's just like it's like a. Suburbs and uh, basketball courts and chain restaurants. And it's like, oh, like, great. Love it. I go over there for like Target and uh, like if I need to like visit a fr- friends of over there. It's it's a lot of people. I will say the more red districts of the town will consider it. Um, let me see. Urban is, I believe, the term to use uh, a senator's vernacular uh, because, you know, it's it's people who moved into the town. It's not people who are already here. So yeah. it's a lot of you know, like people of uh, more diverse populations who are coming in. And so 93 would be kind of like when that whole thing is starting. And it's that's the whole concept of like, you know, why don't you do something about it? Because, you know, there's a lot of new people in the town. And a lot of the other people are scared of those people for no good reason, I should point out. There's no good reason to be scared of new people coming into your town. That's how a town works. Uh, <laughs> you can't be afraid of something like that. Uh, it's like shooting at the rain when it falls on your house. That's how it happens. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, what, that's the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point of having a house. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't get that. Um, but, you know, so the whole notion of a cop saying perform a citizen's arrest in 1993 is just bizarre to me because that's kind of like um dog whistle for oh you should bring your gun like you should like do something about it but obviously like we were talking about this lady's smart she watched she watched the true crime channel and she said uh hell no she refused and so they sent out two deputies to go see like what was going on so Mm -hmm. Uh, when the two deputies got there, they saw a man who would later be identified as Richard Allen Davis. And when they got to Davis, the only thing that they found out of place was that he had an open can of beer in his car. Uh, they couldn't arrest him for that because he wasn't driving. And they also noticed that he looked disheveled and he had dirt all over him and he had leaves in his hair. Um, yeah. But like I said, there was nothing they could arrest him for. So they left. But in the meantime, they filed a field interrogation report uh, with his information that night. It's just an FI report basically means like, oh, here was this incident. We didn't actually arrest anyone. But yeah, like, we saw a guy. We, we, yes, we saw a suspicious looking guy. Mm-hmm. He left. He got off the property by the time they were gone. Mm-hmm. And so that's happening in this like kind of more remote corner of Santa Rosa. And back in Petaluma, the entire town is just going crazy pretty yeah. much. Basically, for the two months after Klaus's kidnapping, the town, like, searched frequently. They estimate that almost 5,000 people helped search for Polly Klaus in the two months after her kidnapping. And America's Most Wanted and 2020 covered the case. And like we were talking about earlier, Winona Ryder actually offered a $200,000 reward to anyone who could find Polly Klaus. And then she also, this is kind of more of just a side fact, she acted in Little Women and she dedicated her performance in the movie to Polly because that was her favorite book. Yeah, which is sweet. no, and because they were they were good friends, if I remember correctly. I think like they knew each other. And I they, think they might have known of each other. I think when Nona Ryder was like four or five years older than her. That's okay. I at the time, sure yeah, but it's so, possible no, they knew each other. They went to the same middle school. Yeah, uh, also my middle school too. Crazy, uh, crazy. My mother teaches. My mother teaches there. 
I think she's, so it's 93. I'm trying to think. My mom started teaching there two years after. Really? She, that whole thing happened. Yeah. Yeah. Holly Kloss was a seventh grader when she got okay. abducted. So that's. So that's, my mom teaches seventh and eighth grade uh, art and photography over there, like at, at the school. And I don't, no, it would have been, it would have been later. It had to have been later because she would have told me about that. But um, yeah, the town was, the, the town was on fire. Everything was, was, you know, insane because it's, what do you do when such a horrific incident happens at a place where this has never happened before? It was a, a vacuum that had been very suddenly filled by, uh, you know, just mass hysteria, justifiable mass hysteria too, if I yeah. may say so. Um, but no, I feel like, uh, they're, they're, like you said, constant searching, constant, everywhere, everyone's like needs to know what's going on. Uh, my girlfriend's father was like lived down the street from this whole incident. We, you can pass the house on the street. It's got like a plaque outside of it and everything. Um, but lives down the street from this whole thing while it's happening. He gets questioned by the police because the police come to like the whole, like I said, big house. They come, they start asking people questions. They say, oh, have you seen anything like suspicious? And they all point to my girlfriend's dad because he had been gone frequently, like because of his job and because of like other like things. What was he doing? And, like, what was his job? So I can't remember exactly all. But what I do know is uh, he had uh, what I will say, he, the way he described it was he looked a little suspicious just because of his like physical appearance. Cause he's got like a, first of all, amazing soul patch. I don't say that ironically, like, his soul, <laughs> he's got, like, like it's a full, like it's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, and he's just kind of like, like a, a mysterious guy, which I appreciate about him. He's just kind of like calm, cool, collected. Mick Morris does not, does not mess around when it comes to, uh, you know, looking cool. He looks cool a lot, but to other people, especially during a sign of crisis, this is kind of like, weird like where has he been going like he no he, he was gone for i think the majority of it like he he worked in town but he had like a, a separate thing so he was gone visiting i believe my girlfriend's mom in san francisco i think oh uh, wow. i know exactly so she was his alibi when the cops came asking him and the story the way he tells it is when the cops came to visit him they're like all right thanks those are all the questions and then they left and then they come back in i swear to god and they're like, oh, sorry, uh, I left my glasses over there. Could you pass them to me? And he's like, dude, if you want my fingerprints, I'll just give you my fingerprints. You can just go <laughs> to the station. It's not important. He's like, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. And I was like, that's such a bizarre, like, Columbo-esque tactic. Yeah. To be like, oh, can I? Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. My glass of water is accidentally over there. Can you pass that to me, please? Oh, no. Anyways, uh, <laughs> crazy. thanks for your help. Um crazy times no but it's stuff like that right it's it's people are desperate to find the answers they're willing to do whatever they it takes to find like you said polly because they don't they want to know what happened they want they don't want to assume the worst and they want to see where this is taking them and pretty and, much all they had was the partial handprint that they found on her bunk bed like that exactly. was that was literally the extent of the evidence and yeah. it, it's crazy because they had um petaluma police sonoma county sheriffs and the fbi all searching for like two mm. months but no new evidence was discovered until November 28th, 1993. Right. Yeah. And, and this is, was, yeah. this part of the story is just so wild to me because it's like they're, they're searching, they're searching, they're searching. And 
I guess we'll get into it later because I don't, I don't want to ruin the big reveal, but I have so many thoughts about this. Um, but basically, the same property owner who had found the car parked in a ditch near her house, she had part of her property, like, logged. So they cut mm. down all the trees and stuff, which is crazy to say because, like, the idea of having open space to log in California. Like, oh, yeah. That's, that's just, a common thing. We do that all the time up here. Crazy. Uh, a lot of logging. My... A lot of my, my, my good friend's parents, are they, they cut down trees professionally, which is such a bizarre thing to yeah, hear. Yeah, that is. But yeah. Anyways, yes, continue. So, so they're, she, they're logging. She had her property logged. And as she's mm-hmm. like walking around in this area where they just cut down all these trees, she discovers some items that she thinks seem a little bit suspicious. One yeah. of these items being a torn pair of leggings. Yeah. And so the police, she calls the police. She's like, hey, I think there might be something related to like a kidnapping here. And they're like, Polly Klaus, obviously, like, she's the first thought in everyone's mind. Mm. So the police get onto the scene quickly, and they're able to match one, uh, the torn legging that was found on this woman's property to torn leggings in uh, Polly's mom's house that were found as evidence the night of the kidnapping. So pretty, I got to give it to Petaluma police here. Okay, this is, like, pretty good police work. The cops go, and they check all the calls made uh, that day, the day Polly was mm-hmm. kidnapped, near this area in Santa Rosa. And one of the things that they find is the FI report that the cops had filled out on Davis when he'd been pr- at pretty much the exact same location that they found the evidence of the kidnapping because right. these cops had filled out that um, field incident report. So they look him up, and they see, okay, so they're like, whatever, Mr. Davis, let's see what, yeah. what this guy has for his name. Literally so many crimes. I've yeah. never, ever looked at a rap sheet in my life with so many crimes. And I yeah. do a true crime podcast. And there can were- we just, just for a second, can we, those of you listening at home, can you Google a picture of this man? Because he <laughs> is the most guilty looking person I have seen in my entire life. This looks, if you had to draw what you assumed, like, <laughs> like a child kidnapper looked like from memory, it's this guy. Okay. Yeah. He's. Oh God, he's he creepy. Just he's got a really long beard. Long. He's got like a like a Rajneeshi movement haircut. He's ready to like. He's ready to kill. I'm like for no like I yeah. I shouldn't be joking. He's like disturbing. Yeah, he, no, uh, he is scary to look at. He's like yeah. the opposite of Ted Bundy. Yeah, no, no, yeah, and because I no, I'm trying to think. Ted Bundy had a lot of crimes to his name, right? Um, like, mostly just murder. And yeah. okay, so sexual you're assault. saying he had like a variety of crimes. To this his name. guy reminds me of Richard Speck. Do you know who that is? Um, Speck sounds familiar. Which one is that? He murdered eight nurses. And no, okay, no. so he was pretty um, well known because he. Okay, so basically, when this is like me going off on a whole crime tangent. No, no, go, ahead, go ahead. The go ahead. FBI BAU obviously was created to help like classify different types of serial killers and like figure out how that we could track serial killers in a new way and basically mm-hmm. when they mind created hunter. this yeah task force thing this is a mind hunter thing they found yeah. there were like two different types of serial killers you know there's like the kind that's super calculated cold precise that just like murder because they have like the urge to kill but they're very mm-hmm. yeah. like the ted bundy's you know mm-hmm. um that's come off charming sociopath more type then there's a type like richard speck who commit a lot of crimes all the time and are very angry and have the urge to kill but have no really like forethought into it like they might 
plan a little bit, but it's mostly just like committing crimes to commit crimes. Yeah, exactly. And that's more like this guy. He's not like the cold calculated mastermind. He's like yeah. a guy that had an urge to kill. And like when they looked into his background, um, they also saw that he had a prior case where he tried to kidnap this woman named Hazel Frost, who was a bartender. And they also saw that he had like gone on crime sprees before in different towns. He had attempted to kill people using shotguns. Yeah. He had attempted to kill some, uh, attempted a sexual assault on oh, another yeah. woman in Napa Valley. Disturbing. He's a sicko. That's for like sure. he had so many crimes in his background. So they look at him and they're like, that seems a little sus. We should probably check mm. that out. And so um, they go and they're like, we don't have enough evidence like we don't have enough evidence with just this legging so they decide to put on a giant search this is the part where i'm like okay i've had a little bit that yeah a little weird confusing but they decide to put on a giant search of this area of the property during a rainstorm like literally a terrible yeah. rainstorm they decide to do this search um he's in when New is what what month is this search happening in this is happening in um like late november early december okay no i can oh god yeah so that's that makes sense because you have to understand we don't have a rain season it's basically always rain season here like it rains in the summers it rains winter spring fall um but november december rain sucks mostly because it's <laughs> not raining it won't yeah. stop raining and it's, it's it's cold it's icy to touch so that's dumb on multiple fronts i yeah. feel like so they start, like, searching that whole area during this rainstorm. He's in Yukia, California. He's under surveillance. He's meeting with his parole officer because he had actually only been out Wait, on parole. You say, like, say Yukia? Is that not how it's pronounced? No, it's it's very nice. It's Yukia, I think. Yukia. Okay. Right. Yukia is, is great. Is <laughs> I like that. This is why I got to have people on the podcast who know pronunciation. Yeah. No, but, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Yukia. Yeah. Gotcha. Good. Not like the car, like the yeah. name. No, yeah, it's like, and then there's like Eureka. Eureka. If you go farther up north, there's Eureka too. Okay. That's an actual city. Yeah. So he's in Ukiah, California. Yeah. He's meeting with his parole officer because he's only he'd only been out on parole for like three months by this time. Oh my God. Wait, seriously? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they don't find anything else, but they have like the partial print. So they're like, you know what? We're just going to roll with it. And in my notes, I wrote, they said, F it and arrest his ass. So yeah. they arrest him and... Friday, December 3rd, they have um, Richard Davis in custody. They decide to do another gigantic search. They have 500 um, S. They have 500. I Okay, so I sometimes say SAR, but that just means search and rescue. It's like a big thing. There's basically SAR programs in like every single country. Um, but they yeah. have 500 different searchers from different police departments, people coming all the way from Nevada to search this area. It's one of the largest searches that's ever been conducted in California history. Yeah. And... So they, plan they weren't on, messing around. They weren't messing around. They really, no. they really. It, it was a big, like, this was a huge thing, not just for Petaluma, but for like Santa Rosa, San Francisco area. It was a big, like, everyone knew about this. And so they plan on searching for like any human remains until December 5th. They started on December 3rd. But basically they didn't need to because December 4th at night, one day into his interrogation, the search is called off and Richard Allen Davis confesses to strangling Polly Kloss and offers to lead investigators to her body. And 20 miles away from where the search had been taking place, Polly Kloss was found buried in a shallow grave off the 101 freeway near Cloverdale, California. 
And mm. she was found actually without her head attached to her body because of the level of composition that had happened over the two months. Yep. Uh, no organs or DNA were identif- identifiable in her body because she was so decomposed. But the one thing they could see was that her dress had been pushed up above her waist and her legs were splayed out. So it indicated that she was most likely sexually assaulted post-mortem. Um, yeah. So even though he's like, Richard, he's he's guilty. They know he's guilty, but he still throughout this whole thing wouldn't tell investigators exactly what happened or why he did it that October 1st. They never got this full story out of him, but I will tell you guys what is most likely true and what the police theory is. So as Davis was driving away, we're going back. This is October 1st, 1993. As Mm -hmm. he's driving away from Polly's mom's house, he's driving away from the scene of the crime. He drives for like 30 minutes and then he drives into this ditch while he's in the ditch Polly is still alive and they think that he may have sexually assaulted her in the car at this point in time Uh, but when the cars of the babysitter and the woman who owned the property that the ditch was on when they he saw those headlights go by they drove by he became nervous that he would be discovered so he strangled Polly with a piece of yellow cloth and dumped her body in the woods like a mile or so outside of his car, which was the area that was later logged where evidence was found. Then he went back to his car. He waited until deputies showed up, and that's why he had all the branches in his hair when they first found him. And after the deputies left, they think he drove off the property and drove around closer to where he had put Polly's body, and he took her body and picked her back up and put her in the car. Then he drove with her body to, like, a predetermined site outside of Cloverdale, California, and buried her in the shallow grave there. And they think that he already knew where he was going to bury her because this grave site was, like, very strategically placed. So when he drove, like, on the 101, the grave site was visible but not the actual grave. And he would also pass by this, like, area, this section of the 101 every time he went to visit his parole officer in Ukiah, California. So he would know if there were any police activities going on because he would be able to see it when he drove to go see his parole officer. Exactly. So that's most likely what happened. But then again, they never, like, got the full story out of him because he was an asshole, guys. Yeah. Fully an asshole. You would think, like... It doesn't really get any worse than killing a 12-year-old. But somehow, he manages to make it even worse during the trial because he was a total asshole to Polly's family. Like, this trial was already hard enough for the classes. Like, her family had to leave the room when they read the autopsy report out, and he just sat there smiling. Like, he, this case became infamous because of how, like, cruel he just was to the whole thing. He taunted her family constantly during the trial, There's pictures of him where he was flipping off courtroom cameras. And the thing that uh, here's here's a quote that he said, which is one of the most infamous parts of the trial. He said, I would also like to state for the record that the main reason I know that I did not attempt any lewd act that night was because of a statement the young girl made to me while walking up while walking her up to the embankment. Just don't do me like dad. That was the end of that quote. But basically, he So the only point of the trial that was contested was lewd acts with a minor, which was one of the, like, charges he was on for. But, Mm. like, it's crazy because he ended his statement with accusing, by telling the entire courtroom that her last words were accusing her dad of molesting her. And Mr. Kloss literally 
tried to attack him after he said that like tried to get stand up from where he was and punch him and he got pulled out of the room so it was a crazy crazy trial like probably and the thing is they couldn't even hold the trial in petaluma because there were so much like everyone knew about this in the general area yeah so they actually held it in san jose because they had to find people who didn't know about the case you know unbiased jurors Mm -hmm. but davis's lawyers tried to like win sympathy from the jury by talking about his abuse as a child but i'm like Mm -hmm. that whole concept of unbiased jurors has always been interesting to me i don't know why it's like because part of me is like, well, wouldn't by telling them the information, they gain a certain amount of bias? Or isn't that, is that the point? I don't know. I'm yeah. not a lawyer. I'm not some fancy country lawyer. I'm just uh, I'm just a man who struggles to grasp the concept of the law. I, th- um, <laughs> I think inter- that the whole point is that they don't want you to be biased by the news. Like if all the news is saying, okay. this is the guy for 100% certain that did it. And you yeah. see that like every single day for months. So, so the facts are what give you but bias, not like other, not opinions per se. Exactly. Okay, exactly. That makes Even sense. Even if the opinions are probably right. Yeah. Okay. But well, that, okay. Sure. That checks out. It's crazy because they, he obviously did it, you know, like oh, clearly yeah. oh, he yeah. did it. He literally like had, he told them where the body was. Like they had, they matched his DNA to the print on her bed. Like mm-hmm. he was obviously guilty, but when he goes in, his lawyer's whole strategy was they talked about his abuse as a child. Like, his parents were both alcoholics. So yeah. they talked about how his parents both abused him. They talked about how his dad neglected him once his mom left and how Davis took care of his siblings to, like, try to gain sympathy from the jurors. But at the same time, they left out other aspects of his childhood, like the fact that he would torture animals. Like, he would carry around gasoline and set cats sign. on fire. Yep, and he would cut big- dogs. With an as we all have, as those of us who have seen Mind Slayer know, sorry, not Mind Slayer. Uh, oh my God, Mind Hunter. I don't know where Mind Slayer came from. <laughs> uh, but as all of those of us who watch Mind Hunter know, killing animals, man. And step one. To, if someone uh, you know kills animals at a young age, ooh, take ooh, them you to a call somebody, please, yeah, you right away. Let someone know. But he went to a psychiatrist and told them that he felt like there was a little voice in the back of his head that when he would see people they were he felt like the little voice in his head told them told him that they were begging to be robbed and raped ah okay so he was clearly very unstable like there's yeah he there's no way around i mean i think they would have had a better time pleading insanity than they would have just trying to go for the sympathy angle was that what he was trying to do by saying that was he trying to get like an insanity or was he just saying that off the top of his head he didn't say that that's background information i pulled because the jurors whole like their entire i guess the defense their entire argument was just like uh how can you like have sympathy for this guy have sympathy for our guy because he was abused as a a kid and like he grew up in this way so it's not his fault that he turned out like this which is of course you know the whole like snape thing where it's like okay cool cool background but that that doesn't it's like a lot of other people have been abused yeah yeah i mean yeah it's like the that's the defense i always hear where it's like well he had a rough time so i think we can hold his actions against him and it's like yeah you can you can do both because there's a lot of people who have had a rough childhood and it's like well that's great and they haven't become murderers you know like yeah like yeah there's a lot of people who 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 know where to go with that this it's so it's like you can't you can't just say consequences don't exist per se for 
didn't have great, great role models. I mean, I understand that. I totally get the whole idea that like, you know, like, oh, people people need external support to 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 become good people. Totally understandable. But that being said, you also can't be hold like like you can't just I, I get your point. Yeah. Yeah, it's you like can't just you, use that to do something awful. Exactly. Like it doesn't change the fact that Polyclos is not alive anymore because of Exactly. You. Like you can't just you say, Oh, I'm sorry, my family, my family didn't love me. I I I have to go kill someone right now. Or like, oh, this girlfriend would not love me. I have to hate her son forever. Sorry. It's, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's yeah. like this that's not how this goes, dude. Sorry, man. Like that, there's a whole ethics conversation there behind that. But I feel like that's whenever I hear lawyers say that, or whenever I hear people say that in general, it's like it, the the perk of the nine nine thing. It's like cool motive, still murder. He also used the fact that he was high and drunk to try to justify himself. That's another uh, aspect of this which freaks me out so much. Is that literally he was high, he was drunk, he didn't know what he was doing at all. So he literally just walked up to a random house where the door was unlocked yeah. and like went in there. He probably yeah. knew about Polly Kloss beforehand, but like which because of almost. the fact that he had this grave. But um, yeah. it's just horrifying. Like the whole thing is just horrifying in yeah. general um but it only took four days for the jury to sentence him to death um judge thomas hastings sentenced davis to death by lethal injection and i love the quote that he gives at the end of this because he says quote it is very easy for me to pronounce this sentence given your revolting ha- behavior in this courtroom end quote so he okay. was deserving. exactly it. it wasn't easy to what sorry it wasn't hard to say you're gonna die yeah um same thing well Okay, I he I didn't know that. Did he say that he could he he was drunk and high at the time? Yeah, and that's why. Wow. Okay. See, so I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to out myself or anything like that, but I mean, I've I've been in situations of <laughs> intoxication, and I've never had a proclivity to murder, uh, yeah. or anything like that. So I don't know. And even if it's not like it's not a. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type situation in which I, oh God, you get jazz cabbage in you and it's like, what the hell, man? I'm a different person. He's a monster. Oh God. Yeah. No, what is he going to do? Uh, <laughs> like what that, that, that makes no difference, dude. You're still, it just amplifies who you already kind of are. Yeah. So it's like, so you were still a murderer. Like you're still a bad guy. Yeah. You, you were a bad guy before all that. Like, yeah, but it feels like it's kind of just you're still doing it. Like you're yeah. still that's still you. Uh, yeah. Oh no, I got I've been possessed by the spirit of intoxication. I can't it's, be held responsible for my actions right it's now. It's so ridiculous. And he was also smiling as his death sentence was. Yes. Like this is the this out. is the the famous thing where he was uh, he was smiling the entire time apparently mm-hmm. or something like the that. The entire time his death sentence is right out. Disturbing to say the least. Very. But my thing, oh, man. Was he, I don't know, was he like, do you know if he was like intelligent? You said he wasn't like one of the mastermind types earlier. I don't know if they ever took like an IQ thing because part of me is like, is he just dumb? No, he comes off as evil villain when he does that. But the fact of the matter is that he, like, what's his thought? He just didn't care. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. Is it's like Richard Speck, where he's like, I get Mm -hmm. arrested or I don't get arrested, I don't care. Yeah, like no sense of self-preservation. The most disturbing reasoning for murder, I suppose, if we think about it. But yeah, I mean, it's horrifying. uh, No, um, the the entire trial 
was huge. And uh, it, how long did it last? Do you know how long it lasted for? I don't. Two years. Two years, Jesus. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at this point, uh, 1996 is when he got sentenced. Yeah, there's a lot of like if you go around town, there's a lot of like dedicated uh, spots, like places and uh, buildings that are like you know dedicated in her memory, and it's really it's really incredible. There's one down the street from my house, uh, right down there. It's like a theater, um, uh, the Polyclonus Theater. Yeah. I walk past it like every day. It got closed yeah. down, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. That's it's a very oh god, it's a spooky building. I will say, um, I'm not going to hold that against it, but ooh, wow, it's just a lot of it's just a lot. So you 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 kind of go around town. You can still walk past the house. That's uh, that's a couple. No, it's a, like five blocks away from where I am right now. I think. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's it's just disturbing, man. I don't know. Yeah. It's as a as a family and as a town, it's like, how do you move past that? Oh, another thing, talking back to the Winona Ryder thing that we were talking about earlier. Not only did she put up a uh, reward, she came back herself. She came back to town to do like phone bank work. She was like calling really? people, and, yeah, to take like answering calls and like talking to people like on the phone and saying, "Have you seen this person?" Or, "Hi, how can I help you?" Because there was, I mean, once it's on twenty twenty and Dateline, I feel like it's you're opening yourself up to a, a, a wide array of people desperately looking for money, I feel like, to, to a certain degree. And at the same time, people who might have genuinely good answers that could help you. So it's kind of like, well, where do I, where do you tell the difference? And that's where having like uh, qualified, like people who know what they're doing and like answering the phones and talking to people, that's where they, I feel like, come in handy the most because yeah. without them it's like you don't you don't know how to separate what from what and you waste a lot of time and money on things that you couldn't be using to help actual like you know leads um i say like i have any qualifications but in dollars in the 90s is a lot of a money a lot of money a lot of money yeah so much money this whole thing like this whole case is like from the beginning you look at it and it's almost like it's a kidnapping case, but then there's so much like behind that, like exactly. that makes it this huge national phenomenon. That ties all the way back to like, uh, I feel like my town's entire history of like you know not covering stuff up, but like uh, looking past certain things. I will say, uh, Petaluma police did a fairly good job when when uh, push came to shove. Yeah, they did. Because they they. Once, besides the whole, like, you know, not putting an APB out beyond Sonoma County thing. Uh, they did a pretty I, good I, job. They did. A, they, they were on their game. Yeah. And I will say, Silent, I, doing I know I, I, I talked trash earlier because I'm, I'm sure they're probably listening to me right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, they, they, when it comes to like serious situations, they know what they're doing. I, yeah, I feel like. They got they, it. Yeah. But that's just the... <laughs> I guess the intrinsic cynic in me that really doesn't want to like them. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I mean, hey, it's it's it was it was a national tragedy, you know. At that it was point, a national like. tragedy, which is bizarre to think because I mean, I've lived here my entire life. Uh, I, uh, I like to think I know a fair amount about my town, but I can still remember, you know, that whole that first coming up, and being like what are you talking about like i didn't know this like when was this when did this happen and reading about it and uh then going down a rabbit hole of other things that are kind of linked to our town which uh 
is always fun. Yeah. Um, and then you just kind of, you get, it's like, wow, you, you it's, it's like you, with your parents, you really don't like know your parents the way other people know them. You know them as your parents. And it's like, you yeah. never really know your town the way other people know your town. It's always just the place you grew up and stuff. Yeah. Where I think of it as like kind of creepy murder town. You're like, Oh, it's like, yeah, I, that's, I love, that's my, that's the movie theater. That's my bank. Uh, that's uh my buddy's house you know stuff like that it's um it's just it's bizarre sometimes i will say sometimes the fog rolls in and it gets very silent hill too that's yeah i don't feel like you give that enough attention it gets very ominous that being said i'm confident that everyone here and around here knows how to defend themselves because uh at least a fair majority of the people inland you know, true crime. Not, actually, yeah, true crime. I'll say true crime fans. They know what they're talking about. Like the like the mother and her daughter who went away. They 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 left the area and then called the police. Very smart situation. A lot of people who know how may not physically know how to like handle like scary situations like that, but they uh, they got they, it. They, yeah, they got it exactly. Um. So obviously, really? Richard Davis. Uh. He he is now currently in solitary confinement at. San Quentin State Prison because he was attacked by mm. other prisoners and he attempted to kill himself during a, in a drug overdose. Yeah. But right now, um, since Governor Newsom has come into office, there's no death penalty. So yeah. he's probably going to stay there like for the rest of his life, but he's continuing to like try and get himself on, out on parole, which is stupid. He won't. But yeah, exactly. um, there were like some effects that this case had, which were not just like petaluma things it was like national so paulie's dad started uh kloss kids uh the kloss kids foundation which helped like victims of kidnapping and their families then there's also the paulie kloss foundation which is to stop sex trafficking of minors in the u.s and then most widely known is the three strikes law which was basically widely advocated for in california because of paulie's death uh 28 states have it now but it basically says that if uh a defendant who is convicted of like a felony that's like a violent felony has already got two other convictions for violent crimes then they have to have at least 25 years in prison so that basically said the reason that people advocated for that so hard after Polly had died is because if Richard Allen Davis had if they had the three strikes law then he wouldn't have been out of prison to be able to attack Polly and yeah Polly Kloss's dad was in the news recently because after um Newsom talked about the fact that he wasn't going to be enforcing the death penalty while he was in office. Um, Polly Kloss's dad went on the news and talked about his anger about that because he said that, uh, quote, there's a very good chance that Polly's killer will live longer than me. And he talked about the fact that, that he was upset by that and that, like, mm-hmm. he talked about Polly's memory and how she, he always want he feels like justice isn't being served for her case anymore because of that yeah because he's just gonna be alive now in solitary confinement but that's basically all i i've got in my notes about the case it pretty much has ended there because obviously that's just kind of the way things are now is that he's just gonna be in solitary for the rest of his life um but that case man that case really like i feel like changed a lot of things in in California, especially, like the three strikes yeah. law is so important. It's widely used. It's yeah. it's massive. Uh, and like you said, this was, I feel like, uh, a large part of the impetus for why it was enacted in the first place. Yeah, you know, it was yeah, for uh, sure. because of this, you know, horrible, horrible crime that people kind of around the world were like, wow, we have to 
not around the world, but around the, the state, I feel like, and the country has said, like, you know, I feel like we have to step our game up to a degree. For sure. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes into that that law, the three three strikes three strikes law. Uh, pros and cons. Uh, yeah, there's um, definitely cons to it as well. Yeah, like 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 all I feel like laws that exist. Pretty uh, much. Yeah, exactly. And I. That's interesting. I hadn't heard about the the dad recently speaking out about that. I had heard about the death penalty thing. Uh, I do know that Newsom is uh, is anti death penalty. I, I had heard about that. They were pretty like, positive yeah. he would die in jail. It's only because yeah. he's in solitary confinement that he like like I said he was attacked by other prisoners because of the fact that he was a pedophile. Exactly. Um, and I think that it's like. It's Thanks to Kate- our boys over in, in San Quentin <laughs> doing, doing God's work for attacking pedophiles. Good job, boys. I mean, I can't say I'm against it, but... Uh, exactly. Like, you know, what can you do? Yeah, it's it's just a, it's a tough situation because I understand, like, thinking the death penalty is bad, whatever, but then there's oh, yeah. cases like this where 100%. I'm like, this guy, 100%, just full-on sucks. And awful, I, I feel like... Awful person. I feel like if the family feels like that's what they need to get justice... Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, um, I shrugged guys, just, you know, podcast. Yeah, format. I just, I forget. <laughs> just, no, she, she was actually, you you can't see it, but she just left the room. She, yeah. uh, yeah, she's running away. Uh, I'm but, running to Petaluma guys with my yeah, life. Um, I, I mean, when it comes to the, this whole scenario, I feel like, uh, like you said, the, the, the I, I completely understand. I mean, I, I can't even imagine being in that scenario and being like, well, of course you want justice. Of course you want like, like some sense of knowing that it's done, you know, wrapping it up both in real life and in kind of like your headspace, because then it's, you know, you really, really done. The person has been brought to justice in every sense of the word, but at the same time, you know, it's the whole concept of, uh, are we doing this for the right reasons? Or are we doing this for revenge? And if we're doing it for revenge, is that the right reason to do anything per se? And that's that's a whole that's a we can go off on a whole yeah. good place tangent about this. Like, but when there's one definitive person who it's like, listen, dude, we know for a fact you did this, then then I have less of an issue saying, you know, you know, do it because then you don't have to run the inherent risk of killing an innocent man. Yeah, which is of course what everyone I feel like is is worried about when it comes to the death penalty. Hundred percent. But yeah. it's just, it sucks because, like, at the end of the day, obviously, nothing is going to bring Polly back. And, like, that's yeah. that's the toughest no. part is, like, it's, there's so much that came out of this. Like, so many people have been helped by the foundations and by the three strikes law and all that. And it's, like, that stuff is all great. It's just, like, at the end of the day, for that to happen, like, Polly, a 12-year-old girl died. And, like, that's horrendous. That's yeah. horrible. That's evil. And it's just... It is like a bummer because you want to talk about, you know, you want to talk about this case and all like the interesting facets of this case. But then there's just obviously like the big looming like there's this whole thing just sucks. Like it just sucks. It's a bummer. Yeah. That's at the it's end of the day. It's an awful situation. Bummer. No, I totally agree. And um, I feel like it's 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 lose lose in every sense uh, because what can you what can you like nothing we we do here is going to fill the hole uh left left behind by this incident but i feel like at the same time it's a question of uh 
like what then what can we do you know like yeah. what's the next step for us because that's what everyone's wondering uh especially in the in the, in the 90s while this was happening it's like what what's our next step like how can we you know, move like, forward from recognizing that the world is so exactly, evil exactly exactly like the 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 rose colored tent is gone our town is you know no longer the place we assumed it was no which longer the I, egg capital of the world exactly it's now you know the source of the site of this massive tragedy i don't think That's- yeah i don't think there's really much more you can say about it it's like there's at because at the end of the day it's like there is nothing that changes that fact like it is yeah exactly it's tragic uh, it's also i gotta tell you it's time to move into my favorite segment yes. on this show yes let's do it happy things beautiful Yay! happy noise so we've talked about horribly depressing things. It's now time to say one good child or, murder. Yes, child murder. Like I said, it doesn't get much more gruesome. But it we're gonna say one good thing that happened in our past week, or that is going to happen in our week, or honestly, like if you, I know it's a tough time to be positive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's yeah. a tough time to be positive. So you can also say just like something that made you laugh this week, or something you know, something okay. like that. Just something with a general positive tinge that doesn't even reference child murder yeah okay let me look we're coming up on i think the two-year anniversary of my drama trip to new york city which is always a fun Woo-hoo. memory yeah uh a lot of that's uh, that's my go-to party story all my good stories come from that trip tell your scientology story how much time is you want to tell, tell scientology the scientology story? Story. i've been waiting i've been waiting for this to come up i've been waiting for this to come up so i can tell this story <laughs> all right um my high school drama club decides it's a bright idea to go to nyc the big apple i'm like okay you know what if this is happening i gotta get in there on this trip okay it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be fun it's gonna be uh something i can talk about for a long time so i i my parents are like fine you can go so I say okay thank you so much this is kind of like my my early birthday present so i go on this trip uh i should establish my my drama teacher who i pray to god is not a fan of this podcast <laughs> Uh, is 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 the kind of there and he's not i will say this right now he's not the most put together of of teachers like miss frizzle but yeah following in the footsteps of of drama teachers nationwide he decides you know what you know what hey we're gonna let the we're gonna let the professionals do this and uh, we're gonna sit back and let them handle this so we all show up to the airport just a quick brief thing and he's like uh, and he's on the phone with someone. We're like, what do you, he's like, oh, I got to call the company. And he's calling the travel agency to say, why aren't you at the airport to walk us to the plane? Because I thought that would be like your kind of thing. And they're like, no, you have to get on the plane, come to New York. And then we take care of everything in New York. Cause of course that's how that fucking works. Yeah. Bizarre. Uh, so we, anyways, long story short, we go to New York beginning of nor'easter which those of you on the east coast will recognize is the worst time to be in new york because it's blizzard season uh so we're there it's snowing almost constantly um i i loved it it was amazing uh and we're kind of there and me and my my uh, the guy i was rooming with uh kind of we kind of walk by and on the way in we see the sign for the scientology museum now i'm not a scientologist my friend is not a scientologist but we say this is kind of cool uh why don't we just you know check it out for the for, you know, for the vine you know right like let's just go see what it is yeah. like laugh it up this is, this is gonna be a good story to tell so we go and it's uh it's creepy it's really creepy because it's a lot of bronze busts of heads 
of like <laughs> bizarre of what else <laughs> yeah exactly yeah of all of, of l ron hubbard uh and his failed science fiction novels uh and so you just kind of walk in and it's it's weird seeing people inside of there treated so normally because they're like oh hello and welcome uh they put it, well, this is our stuff go ahead come upstairs uh let us know if you need anything and we're like it's fucking okay uh so we check it out there's a room uh at the top floor that's like an uh, an amphitheater very disturbing because the doors are unlocked so you can go in at any time and see an empty amphitheater with a stage and like uh creepy twin peaks red room lighting uh and like it's creepy i don't like it. I, I so i say to my friend i want to get out out of here come on we have to get out of here i don't, I don't like this i don't vibe so he's like what are you talking about okay like come on we gotta we gotta stay a little bit longer and i'm like fine you can stay you can take the iq test and the personality test i'm getting out of here <laughs> so, uh, yeah which smart once again yeah i'm i'm the smart one who doesn't die in this scenario uh and he's like okay i'm gonna take it i'm gonna dig the test i'm gonna take the test i should establish right now i'm not friends with this man okay <laughs> like He's doing his own thing. So at this point that I remember, they they told us that we had to do the buddy system thing. And I know that if I leave and I leave him here, that I am proud. And, and if we never see him again, that I'm going to be held responsible for uh, the disappearance <laughs> of the kid. And I'm going to be like, oh, God, that's going to weigh on me. And I'm going to have to think about this when I go to sleep every night forever. And you'll be <laughs> like, oh, God, fine. So I decide to wait outside in the snow for him to finish this test. Because they don't let you sit in the lobby for some godforsaken reason, bastards. Uh, <laughs> and I uh, say, okay. Uh, I eventually wait. I keep waiting. I keep checking in. And they're like, he's not done yet. <laughs> Stupid. Idiot. <laughs> dumb little bitch uh so i say okay fine you know what just tell me when he is and i went outside and i'm standing across the street from the hamilton theater which is cool uh, yeah pretty cool i know and it's just a cool little detail i like to drop and then uh they like he comes out and we're finally done and we're like we're late and so we have to meet up with everybody and we're late and we meet up and we take the train back to our hotel and he reads his results that he's gotten to everyone and it's like, yeah, I'm manic depressed, guys. And I got 1,600 thetans in my brain. And we're all like, yeah, he's got, he's got alien brains. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the entire train doesn't care because it's New York City. And they hate anyone who isn't from New York City. So and that is fair. That is fair. It is. I, that, I, I completely agree. I didn't know the part about the he actually took the test and got his Oh, results. he took it. Yeah, and they he, they took him into a back room, and that's when I really freaked out because I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> he doesn't come out, and I did everything right, and he still gets kidnapped." Oh, dude, I'm <laughs> fucking toast. I'm so like screwed over. I was I was bugging out. I was legitimately like, uh, I can't I imagine you panicking. Yeah, because I, I I already look like I panic all the time. I walk around town <laughs> like someone who just found out the world is ending in six days. I like I like I that's just you're, but it's you it walk around me. like you're running for mayor of nothing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, uh it was freaky. I didn't like it. And I, I, I continue to not like it. Uh even when I tell like I get my I get I get like sweaty when I talk about it just because I'm like, oh he's like he's still like he <laughs> would do it again. There. He would He'd do, do it again. again. He would do it again. And <laughs> I'm so like funny. you bastard. Uh yeah, I <laughs> little fact, 
when I met one of my, my best friends at college, uh, Abby, she told me the exact same story because she had the exact same story. She was there for a band trip. Uh, I think it was for Thanksgiving Day Parade. I think she was there to perform in the Thanksgiving Day Parade for with her band. And she decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to uh, the Scientology Museum. So we have essentially the exact same story. Sorry, my family is knocking things over in the kitchen next to the garage. That's all good. It's all right, yeah. But yeah, that's my that's my Scientology Museum story. That's an it's amazing, crazy happy thing, too. Yeah, I know. And I don't recommend trying it out on your own. Because who knows? You might just like it. <laughs> Hope this anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's just bizarre. I, yeah. uh, that being said, New York City, Nor'easter. Love it. Awesome. Favorite season. That's Highly cool. recommend. What about you? You have any happy things? Yeah. Okay. My happy oh. thing is, so there's this artist I really like. His uh, Instagram handle is Lord underscore birthday. Like his art, his artist name is Lord birthday. Cool. And um, he did this really cool thing, which was like, um, he posted this picture, which said like, let's help people out with emergency cash. And then people like sent him pictures of like bills they couldn't pay and the reasons why and like verified everything. Wow. Then he like commented it below the post uh, like all these people who needed help paying their bills and stuff. And then anyone who like could help, he also put their yeah. Venmo and then anyone who could help like went under and people were like resolving in their replies to his comments, like oh, how so to sweet. get these people's bills paid. And like, it was just honestly so good to see, like just in a time when everyone's freaking panicking that there's yeah. still like generous people and like that people are still giving and like just to see people like even online just helping each other out like doing a good thing for people who like can't pay their electricity or like can't pay their rent because they're a barista and they don't have a job right now yeah. like just warmed my cold cold heart because it run it just yeah it's good to see like nice kindness nice yeah. humans in the time when literally all that you see on social media is like everything is bad we're dying we're all gonna die or those yeah. girls who post pictures and you're like a smile more contagious than yeah. COVID nineteen. Oh, yeah what is up with that <laughs> i don't know it makes let's me do, laugh let's, though let's uh let's do some observational comedy <laughs> on that let's say what is what are you guys trying to prove here <laughs> yeah better than a disease i mean i don't know that's yes the thing that makes me laugh is like my sister um so her swim season got canceled she's obviously yeah. really bummed like i yes. totally understand all like the student athletes who are that really bummed oh like, my god yeah that sucks but at the same time like i see all these posts where people are like wear red to show like that your season got canceled and you're mad about it and i was like are we protesting a disease like <laughs> of course we're against it you know what i mean but there's yeah exactly yeah it's a bizarre boycott tactic for yeah. something that doesn't understand what boycott means uh yeah i yeah. totally so that also made me laugh that might also be my happy thing because i was like we're all guys listen we'll all wear red we're all against uh exactly COVID guys yeah Especially for people who don't know about that and they're just wearing red like for their own reasons. Like you right like, now. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset for my my uh, decathlon got canceled. So now I'm like, oh, God. What am I yeah, yeah um, what are you doing but, this time? I know. And I saw him, now I'm struggling because I, I've been training for years and my Olympic tryouts just got canceled. So whatever. Um, but on the upside, I will say, you know what I'm I'm upset about? You know what I'm angry about? speaking on this why what's with all the why aren't guys doing the same kind of uh 
inspirational story posts that 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 girls are doing. <laughs> I'm I'm the selfie about thing. This. I've seen yeah. guys start to do it. Yeah, you know what? And I think we should, guys. I really you like. I'm all for it. I totally understand. I don't want to be the the guy who's like, oh, you know, why are you doing International Men's Day? Like that's stupid and dumb. But like. Uh, I want to see boy, boys hype each other up in the chat. Let's see it, gentlemen. I want to see, I want to see some support. I want to <laughs> feel good. I want to help other dudes feel good about themselves. I want to see those uh, Nike basketball shorts. I just want to see. I'm just praying I don't get tagged in one of those like do ten push ups yeah, posts. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Every yeah. day I wake up in fear that I've been tagged yeah, exactly, in one yeah. of those. <laughs> oh god, I can't do that. Uh, yeah. Social no. media. <laughs> this is a whole other culture. I yeah. I've been loving like all the trends going around. I posted one today, yeah. and after the I Instagram posted challenges. Yeah, I posted one of the like things where it's like tag someone who and after i posted it i was like oh god like quarantine is affecting me and oh yeah i didn't yeah, even it is. know it until i found myself oh, yeah. posting inspirational instagram stories like that's that's it's like god this is what we've this is what we've come to yeah that's impressive. i'm changing I'm, daily i know <laughs> but, like we, i feel like we all are too to a certain degree yeah but you know what happy things still happen life is still good it could be so much worse and it could be so much worse you're right so I think it's time we end the podcast there, but thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to find the Horrible Things podcast on a day when it's not a Tuesday, you can go ahead and find us on Instagram, Twitter, and all of their social medias at Horrible Things Podcast. If you want to support financially, you can find us online at patreon.com slash horrible things, or you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It is very appreciated by me, but most of all, guys, thank you so much for just listening and for sticking it through. I know everyone's having a tough time with quarantine, quarantine, with quarantine and like anxiety about that, but you guys are just know like you're very loved. Everything's going to be okay. We got this. And yeah, just thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I guess the last thing I got to say is that small towns are havens for crime. And I'm currently being bugged by the Petaluma Police Department. But most importantly, guys, don't do, don't do horrible, horrible things. things. Yeah. Now I start to fade out the music. That's a great theme song. Is that yours? My dad wrote it, actually.